Vert. Pop shove it. Kickflip. Ollie. The name of this episode is Skateboarding Stepdad. of monkeys welcome to the second episode of the third season of the joe long show i am the host of this show joe long (laughs) yes the joe long and this is my weekly show where i get to talk to you about stuff that's important to me and stuff that's kind of going on in my world this week like every other week we are recorded at the chief gorlack pumping in the first memorial studios in strathroy ontario and I'm having a chat with one of my friends. I don't get to see this friend very often. He uh, He's busy being a missionary. Now, when some of you think of the word missionary, you think of they travel to distant countries and far off lands and provide food and aid for people. And while my friend does provide aid for, for people, he's actually a missionary here in Canada. He's actually been a missionary in a couple of different places here in Canada, but it's as as of this moment, he's currently a missionary in Peterborough, Ontario. So I don't really want to ruin anything. We have a nice long conversation coming up here, just kind of talking about his story and and what he does. So I will uh, let that let that be for you, and you can consume that after the bump. show as i probably mentioned before you have the extreme privilege of uh of having a conversation or listening to me have a conversation i guess with my friend and your friend evan buckles hey joe (laughs) how's it going it's going well good man yeah i'm i'm excited to chat with you cool uh you are uh a baby in in uh comparison to me but uh you're now a grown adult i'm trying to be yeah uh, to the best of my ability it's going well. Yeah, you you were a, uh, a a young little Buck Rogers when I <laughs> when I when I first met you. Yeah, you, that's when I was a real baby. Yeah, but yeah. now you're you're like a you look like Garth from Wings World. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got glasses for the first time in my life in January, I think, and so this is now I I already looked like Garth, and now I pretty much am Garth. Yeah. That's yeah. that's cool. Uh, also, today I'm wearing these glasses for the first time no ever. Way. Yeah, yeah. Is this your first uh, time ever having glasses? This, they aren't reading glasses. They are blue light glasses. Hmm. Uh, so I am trying to not get stress headaches and stuff sure. from being in front of a computer all day, all day long. Yeah, yeah. And then at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching television and everything like that. Fair. So, 
why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us uh, what right. uh, what you're interested in and uh, kind of how that pours into you being an adult. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, my name is Evan, as we all know. I'm living in Peterborough right now. Peterborough. In the Corth, in the Corth Lakes. The great Corth Lakes. <laughs> where everybody talks like, oh yeah, bud. It's great. Um, so I live up there. I love skateboarding. I love music. I play in a band. I've been playing in a band for like a couple of months now. Yeah. Super fun. And I work for Youth Unlimited, so Youth for Christ Canada, basically, mm. in Peterborough. And I run skateboarding programs for kids. I run an indoor skate park. Yeah, and we do, like, sort of ministry programs and also just, like, fun skateboarding programs yeah, yeah. for kids. I'm playing bass in a band. We're called Peace, Sand, Rest. So okay. we go PSR sometimes. Okay. The band's been together for about four or five years. Okay. And I just jumped on in January. Okay. Kind of at their like most prosperous streak. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we pl- we play shows around Peterborough, and we're booking shows for Toronto this summer. Oh, fun! Uh, Oshawa, and we're working on some shows for touring oh. next summer. Not this summer, but the one after. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what kind of music guys do? We do like garage rock. Okay. A bit of psychedelic influence. Okay. So if you took I don't know like Nirvana and the uh, the Grateful Dead. Okay. And made a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Super fun. Yeah. It's rock and roll. Yeah. It's good time. Good times. So, yeah, at the Youth for, uh, for Christ or Youth Unlimited um, Center, you do like a, a indoor skate skateboard yes. thing. So, yeah. So, I, I, I run two indoor spaces in Peterborough okay. uh, for skateboarding. The first one we started was Peterborough Indoor Skate Park. And it's basically just a seasonal indoor skate park that we run throughout the winter. Mm-hmm. And we run it out of a church gym that we rent, and we raise money for that, and that gets poured into that. So we run that. It's just open, free skate at this gym. All the ramps we built ourselves, and most of them got donated, thanks to those who donated the ramps. And then the second one is uh, Skate Club, which happens at the Youth youth Center, Mm -hmm. and that happens on Monday nights. Skate Club's a bit different, so we have a ramp that that we built at the Youth Center, and then we kind of run it like... uh, community skater family time mm-hmm. it's it's fun yeah so we have like skateboarding obviously happening but we also have pool tables at the youth center yeah. and then we cook dinner and then everyone sits down and has dinner together oh man that's cool yeah that's awesome it's great and uh so yeah like it, it sounds like you have like a really cool community in yeah in, in peterborough with some people that really kind of care about skateboarding and totally care about just doing fun stuff together it's cool yeah, yeah. The I was kind of like adopted into the skate scene in Peterborough. Yeah. Because I've only been living there. This will be my fifth year. Yeah. You know, at the end of this year. So I got adopted in and I've started these sort of programs and in indoor skate parks and people are like, oh, you're like the skate park daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm more like the skate park stepdad. <laughs> like, I haven't been here my whole life. Yeah. But it's been cool to bring everybody under one roof because we get the best of the best skaters and we get like the new kids who have like crummy boards. And, like, friends are helping them, teaching them how to skate, and then we're setting them up with whatever used or better better parts than they have kind of thing. Yeah, and that's when I feel like any community, but, like, uh, especially, like, uh, subculture kind of communities, that's when they're mm-hmm. at their best is when the older skaters or, you know, like, the everyone is kind of helping the, the new guys out and yeah. it kind of acts as a circle then as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been great. Like, we've had some dudes with just, like, rough boards, and they'll come in and I'm like, your board... Sucks, man. Let me give you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> if you want to skate, you got to have something decent. Yeah. And we're going to help you out. Yeah, that's awesome. 
How did you get into skateboarding? How did you, when did you first, oh, the infancy. Yeah. When did you first start kind of learning? I'm sure you saw like how it started. You grew up in London. Yeah. You probably saw skateboarding on TV or seeing like, I know you have an older brother. Yeah. So it wasn't even, I never saw any skateboarding media. Oh really? Nothing. Never saw it on TV. Didn't know what X game was. X games was. My brother skateboarded and he was like, he was pretty good at it for a guy that was 14. And I think I was six when I started taking interest. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. And anything my older brother did was the coolest thing ever. Because mm-hmm. he, he was also in a band. Which... He was in a band. <laughs> he was kind of a weirdo. You know, like he wasn't like the kids that I went to school with. He was in a band. He listened to records and he had a skateboard. And I was like, that guy is the coolest person I've ever met. So I was like, I'm going to skate. So from age six till age 10, I was not a skateboarder, but I was trying to skateboard. <laughs> like couldn't ollie for like four years hey man that took it took forever you know (laughs) um i remember like trying to ollie once my brother was like just pop hard and jump and i was like cool i'm gonna pop really hard and jump in the air so i pop really hard jump in the air board goes 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and i came down on it yeah yeah. it gave me the credit card yeah yeah stomp Uh, just so everyone uh, at home uh can see uh evan did a, a motion with his hands where hand went straight up and like a scissor motion on top is my legs. It was his legs hitting himself in the gonads. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember running, yeah. running away from the skateboard. At that point. Yeah. No. So that was my introduction to skating was my older brother. And then he kind of teetered off with it when he got more into uh, well, working for a living. Mm-hmm. And I kept going with it and started going to the skate parks, which was the scariest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And just meeting skaters. And then, uh, yeah, a bunch of other things from there and I just fell in love with it mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing ever I was like forget soccer that was fun but I'm done with that I want to skate when I want to skate I don't really need to go to practice anymore yeah it was cool and I know especially in Canada what we have to deal with is seasons and mm-hmm. uh, so that's why an indoor skate park is huge like it is in, in Peterborough uh, yeah. but also you, you were a part of uh, building an indoor skate park here in London that's as well right. that's right so when we first got like the new building of the church, yeah. uh, we were, you know, we were in a different building before, no gym, uh, old church kind yeah. of thing. We built this new building, church moves. It's awesome. There's a massive gymnasium. And so Blair, our youth pastor at the time. A friend of the show. He's been on the show he's before. He's been on the show? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So Blair Mercer, yeah, he decided that he wanted to run a, a skate park at the church. And I was like, how are you going to do that? I don't know how to do that kind of thing. Yeah. He got to lead on another church that tried to do it, but just kind of gave up halfway through. But they had built, like, a ton of ramps and mm-hmm. boxes and ledges and stuff. So we went and checked it all out in Cambridge. Uh, we're like, cool, we'll buy it all. We buy all this stuff. And it was then, in a massive container, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like, like the kind of container you'd see on a train. Yeah. So we buy it all, bring it all to London. And then my dad shows up to, like, look at all the stuff. Because Blair's like, Dave, like, my dad's Dave. He's like, Dave, can you come in and just, like, look at this stuff and decide what we should do with it as far as repairs or attaching wheels to move it around he's like yeah sure so my dad shows up and blair's like all right guys dave's in charge he's the foreman <laughs> do, what <he's, laughs> do what he says my dad's like what <laughs> and so he's a skilled carpenter and machinist so he can make it work but he's like i've never worked with skateboard ramps <laughs> so me and him so him saying what do, what needs to happen of me saying what needs to happen him getting the materials to do it basically mm-hmm. so all the steel transitions that we needed all the wheels and casters to move it all around so I helped install all that, make some minor repairs here and there. And then the very first night that the skate park opened, I hadn't been asked to volunteer at it yet, but I was the only skateboarder in the entire church. Mm-hmm. And I showed up and I was like, 
Blair, give me a friggin' name tag. Like, <laughs> put the name tag on. I was like, Staff Evan Buckles. It's <laughs> like, I, I need to run this place. And I was like, okay, cool. So I show up first night. Like, what was it? Like 200 people came out that night? Yeah, there was a lot of kids. It was kids. insane. A lot of kids. It was the same as a regular youth night, but uh, youth group night on a Thursday. But 200 kids. So, like, every skateboarder in London was there. There's so many people that we had to let kids on in shifts. So we, we let people on, like, 70 at a time. And that was too many. But we did it anyways. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, 70 kids would pile in, and then you block it off. And then, like, an hour goes by, and 70 more kids fly in. Like, it was so nutty. And we had a show going on. There was on a show. There was a metal yeah. show next door yeah. in the other room. And then from then on, I was there uh, every single Thursday and Friday after school. Like, I would take the bus from Saunders High School in the south end and bus all the way to the gateway in the north end book it up there to like open the skate park you yeah, know and it wasn't even like you wouldn't get bussed right to gateway you kind of have to yeah bus close by and walk half an hour yeah it's so. it was like a 15 minute walk but it was uphill yeah through uphill this, both ways through this neighborhood yeah <laughs> and in the snow and you know it was crazy there's some days i'm like getting pelted i'm like my board's getting soaked but i'm going to skate i yeah. don't care and i think that was what was cool about uh that was it was just at least for the first bit of it when gateway was the only place that had a, mm-hmm. a skate park it was kind of just like a refuge for people to come and, and yeah. skate during the, during the winter. And it sure, people were a little butt hurt sometimes, but sure. Yeah. But it was never. I never. I only one time got like serious flack from a kid about like the rules. Like you can't drink alcohol mm-hmm. on the property. <laughs> this is it's just not okay. Mm-hmm. You know. But I never saw any fights. I never saw anyone deliberately trying to break the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone wasn't wearing their helmet, I'd be like, hey, man, did you remember your helmet? Like, oh, sorry, I just forgot, because no, most skaters don't wear the helmet. And it was just amazing. You'd see, like, 90 people every single night, Thursday and Friday, from all over the city. And that's how I met every skater in the city, and that's how I got comfortable at skateboarding. Because it was like, this park is my park, so I can do whatever I want here. Whereas when I would go to the outdoor parks, it was like, it's their park. Yeah. I had no reason to be there, because I sucked at skating, and they didn't know me, and they didn't like me. Until this happened, then they all knew me, and then I kind of like eased my way into the scene. I didn't get good at, I didn't get in, I wasn't a skateboarder, I would say, until I was like 14, and I started when I was six. Crazy. Also then, to to back it up a little bit, yeah, you were like, uh, this was like just all throughout high school, you weren't, yeah. a, you weren't an adult that was running the, running the skateboard. No, I was a baby. <laughs> like, you were there, and Blair would be there. Yeah. Blair would do the tough stuff if he had to, like if someone was like getting a little too out of, out of line like sometimes people would kind of be trying to push the helmet rule but like yeah i would sit behind the counter the whole time and then i'd be like i'm gonna go skate now yeah go skate for half an hour come back sit behind the counter and put the whole thing away pull it all out the next week do all the repairs so yeah it was like my baby mm-hmm. i loved it yeah you and blair and wayne did a lot of work on on that park and mm-hmm. put in a lot of hours for oh that. yeah on thursdays jordan and i would chill out and hang out and sign people in. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was a good time. So then transitioning kind of out of that, you spent a year in the East coast. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Can you kind of share about that a little bit? Of course. Yeah. So I had, um, in the summers before I moved to the East coast, I had gone on a mission trip, uh, with our youth group to Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, which is on Cape Breton Island which is actually separate from the mainland of mm-hmm. Nova Scotia. And it's very much separate. Mm-hmm. Like the people there are Cape Bretoners and Nova Scotians are Nova Scotians. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's the same province, they have their own identity. Mm-hmm. So we go there on these mission trips 
we did them two summers in a row, and I went on both of them. And every time I went there, I was like, this is amazing. This is my home. This is where I want to be. Everybody here is, like, the nicest person in the world. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. I'm going to find a way to move here. Mm-hmm. Second time I go there, I learned that the youth, youth center coordinator is going on mat leave. And I'm like, I don't even know what a youth center coordinator is. But I was like, go to the lead pastor of the church. You have someone going on mat leave. And he's like, oh, yeah, Stacy's going on mat leave. I was like, cool. I want her job. And I'm going to move here in two weeks. And he's like, all right, cool. I was like, if you, if you find me a place to stay for like cheap, I'll move here. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, we'll get in touch in a week or something. <laughs> so this guy, <laughs> Dave Soller, who ran the church. Yeah. Like we get in contact. I kind of call my mom while I'm there. I'm like, hey, I got a job. <laughs> kind of thing. So I go home for two weeks, back to London, pack up, and then I move out to Glace Bay. Mm-hmm. So my parents drove with me. They took it as an opportunity to drive me out there and then vacation on their way back. Nice. Good for them. Yeah. You know, the southwest shore of Nova Scotia is beautiful. Yeah. So I moved there, and I get there my first day. We have a meeting, and it's like me and this other girl are, like, both part-time youth center coordinators. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, 27, whatever, qualified as a mom and stuff, and I'm 18. <laughs> I don't know anything about running a youth center. <laughs> and then Dave's like, so here's the keys. Um, these are the programs I need you to be at. And I'll be there for the first month, but I'm going away on tour to, like, promote my book that I just wrote for, like, two months. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, so the youth center there had an indoor skate park, too. So running skate night was easy. Yeah. Skate night, cool, no problem. But then they also had floor hockey night. I never played hockey in my life. Yeah. So I have to run floor hockey night. Also, youth group on Mondays, which was our most popular program in a basically a city of 6,000 people that have never been to church before. Yeah. Weird. So our, our youth group would see like 75 kids out. Oh, that's awesome. It was insane. Yeah. And But it was rampant and crazy because we had like four volunteers. Oh, wow. And me. <laughs> uh, so it was wild. But that would happen. And then I also did like art night and I did like a music program for a while and just so many things, too much stuff. Yeah. To the point where I was like, ah, I need to learn how to delegate tasks yeah it's, i don't know i learned a ton of crazy lessons and say no sometimes exactly <laughs> you know like yeah responsibility was something that i got slapped in the face with yeah. when i moved there it, nobody's fault it just happened yeah it was a crazy experience yeah i lived out there for a year just under a year i know that you kind of still see that place as like oh i'd love to go there mm-hmm but I know it's maybe a little more challenging now. Yeah, later down the road, maybe. I've been eyeing up Halifax for a while now, because Halifax is only three and a half hours, four hours from Glace Bay. So it's easy to get to Glace Bay, but my lifestyle now, like, back then I was cool with living in a town of 3,000 people mm. and not having, not feeling the desire to go to a show and see a band or hang out at a pub with friends or whatever. Whereas now I'm kind of like, if I went back to Glace Bay, I'd be so bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I didn't have a vehicle when I was out there. Oh, really? And so the closest, like, city was a town called Sydney. And I think there was less than 100,000 people there. And there was, like, nothing going on there either. Yeah. We uh, This is, like, a, a way sidebar question, and you might not know the answer. How close is that to Oak Island? Or do you oh, know? okay. Oak Island is off, like, uh... The southwest tip of Nova Scotia. Okay, so way so opposite if, side. So, you know, Cape Breton is... As far east as you can go? Yeah. Well, so Oak Island, I believe, is all the way down to the southwest tip, and mm-hmm. then off of that, I okay. think. Okay. That's where the famous what, Captain Kidd's treasure is? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole show, and I've been watching it. I wanted to watch that, yeah. yeah. I want to find some treasure someday. Yeah. 
Well, you could go to Oak Island and hang out with... Drown uh, in a sinkhole. The Lagina Lagina, uh, brothers. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, so then you moved back and you you started going to Bible college. That's right. And what was kind of your motivation behind that, I guess? Uh, It was a lot of spiritual something. I felt the desire or the need to go into ministry somehow. Mm -hmm. And the default answer for me was be a missionary. And I was like, okay, I want to be, I don't want to be a missionary to a foreign country though. That's not me. I really had a big heart for Canada. I was like, I don't know how to get ministry training. So all the pastors at our church went to Bible college in Peterborough, master's college and seminary, which was then Eastern Pentecostal Bible college. Right. So they were like, you should go there. Like it's a great school, great reputation. We all went there. And we're all great people. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> My youth pastor of 10 years. Uh, yeah, he went there. I'll go there. Mm-hmm. So I go there. I moved to Peterborough. And I really didn't want to move to Peterborough because I just worked at camp the summer after getting home from Glace Bay. So for four months, I was with this wicked group of people. Mm-hmm. We became the best friends in the world. You know, camp friends are your best friends ever. And then they were all staying in London and like becoming better friends. And I just like ripped myself out and moved to Peterborough. Oh, that stinks. And I got there the first week I was there. They like, car- like, you know, we're busting around, checking out Peterborough. They're on a, they take us on a tour. We go up to this place called Armor Hill in Peterborough, where you can kind of see most of the city. And like, we're going to pray over Armor Hill and we're going to have some talks or whatever and just do some stuff. And I was like, cool. And so they're like, okay, guys, go ahead and pray and find a spot. And I was just like, God, I hate this place. Yeah. This is so stupid. Why'd I have to leave all my friends? I don't, I don't want to be here. As soon as I'm done school, I'm getting out of here. So that was my mentality going into school. Yeah. <laughs> but slowly, little things about Peterborough started to catch my attention. I knew I had left London. I didn't want to move back to London anymore. I was like, get me to Glace Bay or get me somewhere else. Being in Bible college, I met two or three people that became like my best friends that I still talk to now. That have been my best friends since I moved there. And then we started noticing like things about the city that were similar to like the things in London that I liked. Like the music scene that my brother and his friends were in was the same as it was in Peterborough. I was like, whoa, okay, this is cool. I can dig this. And then, like, next thing you know, I'm going to shows every Friday at these two these two venues downtown, The Spill and The Garnet, which I play at now. You know, it's crazy. Because I, those those places kind of solidified, like, okay, Peterborough's livable. Mm-hmm. So I stayed for the summer after that. And after the summer, I was like, this is the spot for me. Peterborough's mm-hmm. the best. Finally, like, going to Bible college made sense. Third year, I really started to take the teachings First and second year, I really didn't like it. There's a lot of introductory stuff, right? They don't know where you're coming from. Every kid is coming from something different. So they kind of start you out on a base level of biblical knowledge, practical knowledge. And then you work up from there. And I was getting frustrated because I was like, I've already done all this. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked at a youth center in Glace Bay. But I had to like kind of slow myself down, rebuild my thoughts on the teaching they're giving me, but also like learn how to think for myself. Uh, So... Bible college gave me like a really good ability to think about Mm -hmm. stuff and come up with ideas and opinions on my own. And also like who to, it sounds weird, but like who to trust Yeah. and who to like, who to call like an acquaintance, someone that you know, and who to call a friend, you know? And who to have as mentors and who to have as, oh, this is a person that I can listen to, but not necessarily take everything they say to heart. It it was, it was interesting because up to that point I was just a yes, yes man. Mm -hmm. Like if anyone told me. Uh, yeah, if you need to do this, this, and this, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you're older than me. Mm-hmm. You know the way. <laughs> yeah. And then someone else would say something different. I'm like, okay, you're right too. Yeah. And then later on in life, I'm like, they've said different things. Yeah. Who do I choose? Exactly. And so, I think that's something that I think every 
adult needs to go through it at sure. some point, right? Is to be like, oh, that, no, this is the path I'm going to take. Yeah. And when someone else says, oh, no, you should take this path, sometimes you have to say, well, I respect that you have a path that you're on and it's good for you. Yeah. This is where I'm going. Yeah, totally. I'm open to exploring all kinds of ways, but I'm getting to a point now where I'm getting like more solid in my routine as a human being. Like, I think I've become an introvert since going to Bible college. <laughs> I noticed when I was younger, I would like be with a lot of people all day long, all weekend long. And then like by Sunday night, I was getting really snappy and I didn't know why. And I'd finally like give up and go home and go to sleep. And now I'll like notice myself getting snappy and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be around people anymore. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Nice one. You see, I, I get the opposite because I'm like extreme extrovert. Really? I If I'm not around people enough, I get like really grumpy or just like, oh, I just need to do something. Like it. Funny. Uh, when I never I, expected that. And when I lived in North Bay, uh, like I lived by like by myself for a year and well, like I lived with two roommates, but they were in construction kind of out of town. Sure. So they would be gone for the entire week. They like would room out somewhere sure. when they were out of town and then come back on the weekends. But during the week I was like by myself all week. Mm. So I would eat, like, I would go to the mall and just sit in the food court <sighs> And I would like read poetry and and <laughs> really? write just like write random crap in books. That sounds like an introvert thing to do, though. No, because yeah. you're. I, I needed to just to be around people. Really, you just need to be surrounded by some yeah. people doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's funny. Yeah, I never expected that. I'm the opposite. When I'm when I when I've had a full day and like, sorry, Bella, but when my girlfriend calls and she's like, "You want to hang out?" and it's like eight o'clock, I'm like, "No, <laughs> I don't." But I love you. <laughs> you're a good person. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with anybody right now, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Bible college taught me a lot about myself. I don't know if it's Bible college specifically or if I went to a different school, I would learn the same stuff. But I don't know. I had a, I did, I've done a lot of reflecting over the last four years. I think one thing that Bible college does well is they do give you time to, to breathe on the material a little bit. So yeah. uh, not only like the actual material that you're going through in, in uh, school, but they kind of... I feel like they're maybe more supportive of like the students than definitely than post secondary education. Sure, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, smaller classes, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's at most forty five people in a class, and my friends tell me like, "Oh, I'm in a lecture of two hundred people." I'm like, "Oh, that's too much." Mm -hmm. How do you ever talk to the prof? Like, we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, that sucks. So then you're kind of transitioning out of college now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of scary or good or it's whatever. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so done with it. I feel the same way now as I did when I finished high school. When I was done high school, I was like, get me out of there. Yeah. I'm done with that place. And now I'm like, I've done another four years of school and I'm like, I'm over it. Get me out of here. Right now you're kind of working, doing the, the Peterborough skate, skate scene stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess... What? How do you kind of see yourself doing that as like as a missionary? Because mm -hmm. like you were saying, you want to be a missionary to can in Canada. Yeah. How do you kind of see that uh, as a missionary style of work? And like, what are the <laughs> things that you're kind of doing uh, during the week then as well? Cool. Yeah. Uh, good question. So with with my work at Youth Unlimited, it's I mainly focus on skateboard programs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do you know my skate stuff. I also plan to do competitions in the summertime at different skate parks around the Kawarthas that don't have like a strong, I don't know, skate park coordinator. I don't know what to call yeah. it. So we want to do more of that kind of stuff. And then when I'm not doing skate stuff, I'm usually either in my office or I'm at the skate park kind of thing. You know, I, my, I get paid to go to the skate park and hang with kids. How mm -hmm. crazy is that? But yeah, my office time is usually spent uh, planning events and fundraising. Mm-hmm. 
for the skate programs mm-hmm. because uh, pretty much everybody, yeah, everyone who works for Youth Unlimited raises their own salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we raise our own program funds. Mm-hmm. Anything that we need money for, we essentially get donations from people. Yeah. Or if we need supplies, we get donations. So I spend a lot of time sending out emails um, and making phone calls to people mm-hmm. uh, asking to join me as a, as a monthly donor mm-hmm. or if they want to do a one-time donation mm-hmm. uh, or if they want to do a one-time donation every once in a while kind of thing. Yeah. So that's been really challenging yeah. <laughs> and really yeah. weird. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, you can actually find a way that if you do want to donate to Evan – in the show notes, I'll add a way that you can donate to Evan. Mm-hmm. Of course, isn't like, hey, we're guilting you into doing that. <laughs> uh, if no. you want to do that, if you like uh, like Evan's story and you want to kind of give in to, uh, to doing that, then you can do that totally um, in the show notes. And yeah, I'm super grateful that for the people that, that want to join. And even for the people that can't provide financially, but the people that, you know, give prayer. And some people, sometimes people are rolling through Peterborough and they're like, hey, I'm in town. Like, do you want to grab a bite to eat? Mm-hmm. They'll take me out for dinner. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So, yeah, that's been a crazy struggle mm-hmm. and a crazy, but also a crazy blessing mm-hmm. to learn that people are willing to, to give. Yeah. You know? Well, especially like because you do have like a, something cool, it's something different than what like the typical missionary does, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's. It's a kind of a breath, breath of fresh air. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's it's crazy when like kids at skate programs look at me and they're like, "Hey, so like, what do you do every week?" I'm like, "Well, I like, come here to the youth center and I work, and then I come and I skate with you." Mm-hmm. And like, how do you get paid? I'm like, "Well, I get paid by the youth center." I'm like, well, like by donors, but through the youth center, they're like, "You get paid to skate with us?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "How do I sign up?" <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, maybe down the road we can talk about mm-hmm. that." It's wild. Yeah. And now you're, uh, you're kind of, um, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. You're doing a, um, like you're getting kind of a collective of people to help with some legislative things that are happening in the Quarthas, right? You're. Oh, true. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that at all? Or is yeah, it totally. kind of in, in, in its infancy still? No, no, no. It's totally public now. Okay. We, in Peterborough, we just formed the Peterborough Skateboard Committee. The reason being was the city has uh, allotted a certain amount of money to repair the skate park in Peterborough. This is the first time. It's been, it was repaired once, like, eight years ago, mm-hmm. but it was done poorly, and it hasn't lasted. The, the skate park in Peterborough is, like, 15 years old. It's one of the first ones built in Ontario, and it's falling apart. So when we heard that there was money being thrown out for the skate park, we were like, we better do something and talk to them so that they don't spend their money poorly. Mm-hmm. And then we end up with crappy repairs on a crappy skate park myself and a couple of the older locals got together formed this committee put the job form out online and we're like if you guys want to support and be a part of this like here's how you sign up it's not a petition for a new skate park it's literally so we can have names on a sheet so i can go to city council and say here's all the skateboarders in peterborough here's who you talk to here's like their voices basically Mm -hmm. because a friend of mine had gone to a council meeting and one of the counselors was saying, we don't even know who the skateboarders are. We know that it's in use, but we don't know who to talk to about this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, bing, light mm-hmm. bulb. Mm-hmm. I've been going to city council meetings and talking with the counselors about what to do, how we can be involved. And so I have meetings with like the head of recreation, like Parks and Rec guy in Peterborough. <laughs> Crazy, right? The Leslie Nopo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a, I'm pretty sure it's an old bald dude. Um, <laughs> 
Not Leslie, no. That'd be sick, though. <laughs> uh, it's it's cool. So we have this committee set up there. It's got parents and skateboarders on skateboarders as well, which is huge. Mm-hmm. We have parent support. We've got I've got people from like New Line Skate Parks messaging me now. New Line is like Canada's like number one skate park builder. They put up like I don't know six or seven new parks last summer. Oh wow! Beautiful park designers, and they're like, "Hey, we want to help you out." I'm like, "Really? This is amazing!" <laughs> like. Things are happening, and I'm like the contact person, and it's really weird, but it's so cool. Yeah, I'm just glad that uh, that I could have you on here, and that we could kind of talk about about skateboarding. And I I really, uh, uh, yeah, just really love you. So I was cool. glad you could be on here. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. Well, uh, we'll say so long to the to the internet world, and uh, if you want, we can watch the the ball game in real life here. Watch some baseball. All right, cool, man. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Joe Long Show. And thanks so much to Evan for coming onto the show and, and talking about what he's up to and everything like that. If you'd like to donate to Evan, you can find the show notes for today's episode at thejoelong.com. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes or you can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a wonderful week. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye bye.